Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Welcome to what will prove to be the final episode of the Music Mania Podcast. Yes, you heard that correctly. This is the final episode of the Music Mania Podcast. It is over for Music Mania. This is the end of an era. Guys, we started this podcast back in 2014 as part of a website launch and a larger media brand that we were doing called Great American Sports Network, which still exists to this day. We wanted to tie entertainment and music together. Uh, really picked the name Music Mania because it was sort of vague. And, uh, you know, I felt like I could interview artists from many different genres. And, and initially I had a co-host. His name was Paul Lagana, good friend of mine. And we started interviewing artists, mostly in the classic rock, 80s rock genre. Of course, over the years we branched out. It has been tremendous, over 200 episodes of the Music Mania podcast. And what can I say? It's been a dream come true being able to go out cover concerts, talk to musicians, and really further this and do what I love to do. And uh, I've been going it alone now for, uh, I think, three years. I will always have a passion for this because these artists, people that have contributed to this podcast, people that we talk to each and every week, they are such a part of the fabric of my life that I could never give it up. It's too important. Now, the last year, of course, for everyone has been crazy and it's affected all of us in different ways. For me, not being able to go to a concert for a year and a half has been devastating in a lot of ways. I mean, we know that the effects of uh, COVID-19 hit people differently. For me, there was a lot of depression involved, not knowing if there was going to be sports because that's, uh, you know, what I do for a living is cover sports and music, you know, for our website, Great American Sports Network. And, uh, you know, being able to do the music stuff kind of uh, in concert with the sports that we do. It's just been a revelation, and this whole year has been so crazy. We've still kept the interviews going, but you know, the the first part of this year, it just kind of started to to fizzle out. We didn't know if there was going to be concerts or touring. You know, trying to get artists here and there to kind of promote whatever album or live stream they're doing, and we tried to try to accommodate that as much as we could. But I'll tell you what, guys. It's out with the old, it's in with the new. This is the final episode of the Music Mania podcast, and there is uh, bigger things to come. It is not, I repeat, it is not the end of uh, what I do, of uh, interviewing musicians. This is the end of the Music Mania podcast in name, because uh, bigger things are on the horizon, partnering up, kind of... uh, we're sort of switching around and putting some of our brands in different places. So, uh, the next time you hear from me, it will be under a new moniker. One of that you'll be able to check that out, um, on our social medias coming up here very soon. We're going to make the announcement. So I'm not going to tell you the name yet. This is of course not the, this is the beginning. This is the sort of Genesis of the, of the new era of the music media podcast. And it's time to leave that behind and rebrand and go in a different direction. So we look forward to doing that. Guys, I always love doing this. On this show, we're going to go out with a bang. The last Music Mania podcast is going to have two guests, including my good friend, Stephen Michael, from the Growing Up Rock podcast. Guys, that is a tremendous rock podcast. We talk in this interview about the fact that are there too many hard rock podcasts out there? You've got a lot of these artists that, you know, they're publicists, throw them uh, a million different directions to do kind of the same interview over and over again for these releases. Now it gets out there. I think it helps the artists. The numbers are there, but are there too many podcasts? That's something that I had to think about myself as I was kind of retooling this rebrand that we're doing. Are there too many? Where does this fit in? The truth of it is I love doing it and we have been around now for, uh, for over seven years. So we will of course continue on. We're going to talk to Stephen, about some of his latest interviews, including Gavin Rossdale of Bush. 
and uh, the topic that they just did on their last podcast, which is cover bands and tribute bands. Are hard rock acts that are touring with one or two members, is that legit? What Does that make them a cover band? We're going to talk about that and, all, and so much more. And I hope you guys will check out Growing Up Rock Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Hit them up on their socials. The, Steven's a great guy. I mean, we got along immediately. We were kind of got to talking on Facebook and, uh, you know, we kind of, kind of hit it off. And so hopefully I can, uh, return the favor and jump up on their show at some point here, but that is coming up. Not only that, we're going to be joined by guitar prodigy Griffin Tucker. He has appeared on American Idol, uh, where he had, uh, you know, I think it was uh, Lionel Richie complimenting him. And now at age 19, he has his uh, band Griffin Tucker and the Real Rock Revolution. They're being hailed as the new wave of classic rock. Griffin is a guitar absolute aficionado, and at age 19, he is uh, absolutely tremendous and light years ahead of where most people are in their whole lives. So Griffin's going to come up. This is a two-guest podcast. I wanted to go out with a bang here on Music Mania because bigger things are to come. Without further ado, we want to go to our first interview. This week, I'm chatting with none other than Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock podcast. Stephen, how you doing, man? What's going on, Clint? Oh, this is awesome. Thanks so much for for hopping on, for doing this. It's a it's a true honor, and I'm glad we're able to to do this kind of quote unquote face to face, as it were. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, welcome to 2021, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Over the last year, I consider it kind of a blessing and a curse because you know we've all done you know uh, a podcast interviews over the phone, kind of the old way, and kind of got used to that. Do you think that it's kind of enhanced? the growing up rock podcast to be able to do video interviews and get them out there. It's just, it's kind of what everybody's doing. Do you think it's enhanced you guys quite a bit? To be honest, I was against video interviews because I always say I got a face for radio. There's a, <laughs> Ditto. There's, a, there's, a re, there's a reason why I don't have a video channel or any of that stuff. The other reason is, is I'm very passionate about sound quality and video tends to suck up bandwidth, yes. which reduces the audio quality. So I'm not really necessarily willing to trade that off. Now, the good thing about video is there's a little bit more of a connection when I can look you in the face and talk to you. You can see body language. You can see passion. You can see whether or not I'm done talking, which a lot of times for Sonny and I, I just keep going. So Sonny has to cut me off. <laughs> absolutely uh run into that quite a few times uh, so steven how you know tell us about the growing up rock podcast because i think that you guys do a great job with um you know really you kind of have a diverse you know, content uh, for sure because you have guests you have shows where you're bringing on other people and you're doing deep dives into topics that i find extremely important how long have you guys been doing this kind of for those, uh, you know, on the music mania side that have not listened to the growing up rock podcast, tell us kind of the inception, how you guys got started and how long you've been doing this. So we just celebrated our 200th episode, uh, and we release one episode a week. And then on top of that, we've had many, many bonus episodes, but we only count the weekly releases. So we're, just beyond 200. So somewhere in the neighborhood of about, I think four years now mm -hmm. in August, um, it was my brainchild at first. And I knew that I couldn't just do this on my own. I'm not very good with just having a conversation with myself. It's, it's a little weird. I mean, it, yeah. just, does, it just doesn't feel comfortable. Uh, kudos to those that do it. You do it a lot uh, on your own. And I, I just can't, I don't feel comfortable. I've done some shows on my own, but I much prefer to have a conversation. Yeah, so. I, I agree. I tell you, I only do it myself out of necessity. And because every show has a guest, I, I, I'll tell you, I could never do a show where I'm sitting there giving you my top 10 drummers of all time or five favorite Iron Maiden albums. I could never do that. I did have a co-host early on, but it's like, you know, it kind of evolved. It, you know, it's hard to find people that are like-minded and that can find the time to to do it and to collaborate and be on the same page with. Have you found that to be difficult? You got the right guys. You got Sonny, so <laughs> things are pretty yeah. good for you guys. Yeah, so I heard Sonny on another show and he was just getting his feet wet and he hadn't, he didn't even have his own show at that point in time. 
I got in and call, I basically messaged him and said, Hey, I'm thinking about starting this podcast. I heard you on this other podcast. You sound pretty cool. It sounds like you have some similar taste. Would you be interested in just doing a couple of test runs of this podcast? And he said, sure, because anybody that knows Sonny knows he's pretty much game for podcasting, but he tells you up front, Hey, I got a full-time life. I can't, I can show up and be part of the podcast, but I really can't do a whole bunch beyond that, which was fine because I had already planned on editing my own podcast in my professional career. That's what I do is edit other people's podcast. Um, so editing for myself is just another thing, but I'm passionate about the quality and all that stuff. So he said, sure. He jumped on and we just started this thing and it worked out really good because even though we both like hard rock and metal, Mm -hmm. we both have a lot of diverse taste within that umbrella of hard rock and metal. And the other thing that's really great is this, this show was designed to really sort of talk about the bands that I grew up with and growing up rock is those high school years when you're growing up with friends, they're sharing bands, you're learning about new bands, you're sharing bands, it's back and forth, you're just going to your first concerts, you're just, I mean, you're you're cruising the mall with the stereo blasting, that's growing up rock. And so, uh, there's about a four year difference between Sonny and I. And so there four years in the eighties in rock and roll is huge. I mean, that really is a huge amount. I came in, you know, in 80, 81 and everything is really fresh and new. The Van Halen's and, and the Sunset Strip hadn't even really happened yet. And Sonny came in on an MTV era. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had already gotten my feet wet with um, rock and roll before MTV showed up. And Sonny's just showing up with MTV. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of difference there for he and I to talk about. Yeah, which makes it really cool. And like I said, that the content's always diverse and topics that really interest me, certainly one of which was, I believe your last show, talking about bands uh, that have become cover bands or, or almost tribute bands where really as kind of, I have to give Eddie Trunk credit for this, talking about how bands have become a logo. It's not about the members, it's about the 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 imagery, the songs. I've kind of done a bit of a 180 on this because, you know, you know, 10 years ago, so many bands are, are, are still out there. In the last 10 years, we've lost so many either to, to having passed away mm-hmm. or to a retirement. I think in one year I was at Motley Crue's last show in LA for now, Twisted Sisters last show and uh, ACDC's last show with Brian Johnson there all within a couple months. And it's just, so now 10 years later, it's almost like, is it, can we just let it be about the music at this point or are the members still as important as it was or, or, you know, someone like Richie Faulkner comes under Judas Priest and reignites them and they're able to go on and he provides youth and energy. I mean, where, where do you kind of stand on this or is it kind of a case by case basis for you with these bands? Yeah. So just to go a little bit deeper on the episode we released, right. Is it, the, the topic of the, of the episode was, is it a tribute band? And Basically, we discussed all these bands that have either one, maybe two original members and everybody else is gone, or you got two or three different versions of the band out there, or you got bands like Foreigner, for the most part, that are touring with no original members. And I've gone in 50 different directions with this. Yeah. For it is it, first of all, in 2021, it is all about the brand. Who owns the name? Period. End of story. Anything else doesn't matter at this point. Okay. So we'll get that out of the way. That's why they call it the music business, right? That being said, I saw a post from somebody that was tearing the whole Motley Crue Def Leppard tour up and down. Ah, Motley Crue said they'd never tour again, blah, blah, blah. This is a a farce. This is horrible. This is horrible. Uh, You know, there's no this, there's no that. And, and uh, I started thinking about all these 
uh, reasons why I wouldn't go see this tour. I wouldn't go see a band that had only one original member. And this young girl posted, and I think she's 14 or 15 years old. And she said, hey, listen, I never got to see the original version of whatever band, insert band. I never got to see them. So for me at 16 to be able to finally go see this band that I love, that I grew up with, that my parents played their albums is iconic to me. So I started thinking about the next generation and how are these people going to see all this music that we talked about? Because to your point, people aren't getting any younger. You can't stop time. There is eventually going to be no original members in KISS, no original members in ACDC, no original members in Guns N' Roses, whatever the situation is. So what do we do? Do we just stop? Right. Yeah, that's, and and I, you know, I'm not 16, but I am 37. So I have this battle quite a bit with, you know, people that are probably more your age, some friends that I have that are big Kiss fans. Like, well, you weren't there, you know, on the Destroyer tour. They were so much better than I was like, I I, I know that I've seen every bit of videotape that there is on on the Destroyer tour or the Love Gun tour. Um, And so for me, you know, not having seen a lot of these bands in, in their prime at 37, that the same kind of goes for me as well, where I, I mean, in 10 years, Stephen, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know who I'm going to go see in 10 years. Have you, have you thought about that? I feel like I have somewhat of a responsibility at 50 plus years old. I'm 50 plus years old. I probably saw a lot of bands that people that are your age wish they could have seen. Sure. Okay. Because I know for me, there's a lot of bands I wished I could have seen. I wished I could have seen Zeppelin. I wished I could have seen the original Deep Purple or, you know, whatever. I wished I could have seen those bands, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Instead, I got to see the original Van Halen. I got to see the original, you know, Ronnie James Dio. I got to see, you know, uh, the original Def Leppard, whatever. Uh, so I got to see plenty of good shows, but I worry about the next generation because where I was growing up, you still got the Zeppelins and the classic rock radio stations played the ACDC and the Zeppelin stuff like that. Radio is a thing of the past. You basically have streaming services. Yep. Any radio that's left certainly isn't playing rock and roll. And if they are playing rock and roll, they're playing the same two or three songs. So the damn sure aren't playing <laughs> the newest warrant release or the newest, you know, Queen's Rike release or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. So where do people discover music? Do they just uh, happen to luckily stumble over um their Spotify playlist, maybe, maybe, but I feel like that's where places like my podcast come in. I like to think of the rock podcast of today as sort of the cream magazines Hmm. of 1980s. So, okay, you don't really have magazines, but you have podcast and hopefully my podcast and others out there have that interview with that classic rock artist. So you can learn a little bit of the band. They play this tune or that tune, and you get to hear a little bit about what the band sounds like. You get a piece of history because hopefully the host have a clue about what they're talking about a little bit, right? So that's my way of looking at rock podcasting in 2021. And that's part of what I feel like the Grown Up Rock podcast can offer to listeners. Well, I want you guys to all check out the Grown Up Rock podcast wherever you get podcasts and the website's growinguprockpodcast.com, correct? That is correct. Yes. G-R-O-W-I-N. There it is. You, See, now you, we, we got the visual. P-O. Yeah, there you go. We got the visual R-O-C-K. representation now, whereas normally we would just be left leaving our listeners to fend for themselves spelling-wise, and I can't always vouch for that. So uh, let's talk a little bit about interviews because you guys just had an interview with one of our unicorns, which is Gavin Rossdale from Bush. I'm a huge Bush fan. You said it was kind of outside the realm for you. It just kind of worked out. He has been maybe our, like I said, he's the most elusive. We were talking before, and I was like, he's the most elusive 
individual in the music business that we have tried to get on for the past uh, seven years since we started. So kind of talk about that interview with Gavin, how it kind of came about and just any other stories you might have, because honestly, having done this uh, seven years, I don't have a lot of really bad, crazy stories about guests. Of course, we always have situations with publicists where you've, you set something up, uh, they reschedule or they cancel without notice. I mean, that stuff all kind of happens. Really, the only crazy one I ever did, Stephen, was Johnny Rod from Wasp. He was drinking while driving and high during the interview, <laughs> and it was uh, it was really crazy. I really like Johnny, and I hope I hope he's doing okay because that was kind of a low moment. But uh, tell us about kind of the Gavin interview and maybe any other interview stories you have that might be able to top that one. I hope you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got any like that. I mean, generally. <laughs> Generally, we don't do a ton of interviews for a few different reasons. Well, first of all, I normally only do interviews if it's somebody that I really like, or at least I like the album or whatever, etc. I hate doing interviews on my own. I really like it when both Sonny and I can do the interviews, but nine times out of 10, the honest to God's truth is Sonny's just not available when the artist is available. So I have to take those interviews when I can get them. Makes sense, right? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. certainly. Uh, so that's the whole thing behind interviews. Most I've never had a bad experience with an interview. I've had interviews where things will be going on. Like sometimes it sounds like the artist is doing their dishes while they're talking. To <laughs> or, yeah. Know, it's, it's like, sometimes they just don't, it doesn't feel like they're engaged. And to me, that drives me crazy. The other thing is, is when we do interviews with artists, we honestly would love to do interviews with artists on a different, in a different situation. And what I mean by that is I don't like just straight up interviews where so tell us about your last record. Yeah. So, tell us where did the name of the band come from? That stuff drives me kind of crazy. And we've done plenty like that. Don't get me wrong. But we love it when we can do an interview with an artist in a different setting. And I'll give you an example. There's a new band out called the LA Maybe. Really, really good band from the Carolinas. Um we had them on the show and they played a game show with us. So, so we do these episodes every other month or so where we do a game, a game show situation where we do sort of some trivia, but we had them play with us. And at the same time, we kind of talked about the album and the recording of the album and, you know, their careers. And so it was and out, you know, it was an all out inter, um, entertaining interview, hopefully for the listeners. Uh, and it, at the same time, you still get the information about the band. The band is able to push their product, but it's done in a fun way and not the same as every other interview that the band may do out there. Right. Because you and I both know that bands aren't, they're not only, we're not the only ones interviewing them. They'll do 20 interviews uh, by 20 different podcasts and have the same questions and answers. And to me, that's not entertaining as a listener. I would much rather uh, listen to an interview where the artist is out of the normal element and put into something maybe that's a little bit more entertaining. We had um, Britt Lightning on from Vixen. And Love her. Yeah, she's fantastic. Britt came on and we hung out. We talked with Britt for a while. And then we did this, what we call sort of Desert Islands album review. And so myself, Sonny and Britt all picked an album that are Desert Island albums for us and went through those albums for Britt. Britt cheated a little bit. She went with the Eagles' greatest hits, which we typically we say greatest hits live albums aren't aren't part of it. You know, it was a big seller though. I hear, yeah, I heard yeah. it sold a few units. Yeah. A couple. I think, I think <laughs> they may have been able to buy a house or a yacht with uh, the proceeds, but yeah. So she, she picked the Eagles greatest hits. I picked priest screaming for vengeance and Sonny picked, um, he might've picked back in black. I don't remember exactly which one he picked. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's what we went through and we did it in that form and fashion, but that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, so it's been fun. We've had some great interviews. 
Uh, Jeff Scott Soto was really good. Uh, Sonny has been a huge fan of Jeff's forever yeah. and a day. So Sonny went deep with Jeff and asked some really good questions that you're not going to hear every person ask Jeff. Uh, the same with Eric Martin from Mr. Big. Oh, great friend. Yeah. Great guy. Uh, you know, really, uh, the great thing about Eric is he's willing to bust balls. And yeah, we, he is. We, we like that on our show. <laughs> you know, I, I, I said something uh, dumb because I'm dumb 90% of the time. That's just how I roll. But, but uh, you know, Eric said something to the effect of no bumpkin. And he called me a bumpkin because I guess I got a sort of a Southern draw <laughs> to my voice. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that. Um, before we let you go, Stephen, I, I, you know, you brought up a good point there and I want to delve in a little further you talked about artists doing 20 interviews uh, at a time. And that kind of begs the question. And it's something I've struggled with over the past probably couple of years. And is that the podcast market, is it too oversaturated? Are there too many? Is it too hard to have uh, exclusivity to some of these interviews because publicists pump them out there to all these podcasts? Like you said, it's kind of a, a lot of them are a copy and paste. Uh, what is your take on kind of where we're at with, uh, with all these podcasts? I mean, there, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot out there. Well, I think for someone like myself to judge and say there's too many rock podcasts or, or something like that is ridiculous. What's the definition of too many rock podcasts? Are there too many bands? Are there too <laughs> many albums? So I don't think that's fair to yeah. say. Uh, I think the bottom line is, is, in my personal opinion, yes, there's a lot of competition out there with rock podcasts. Yeah. Yes. You have the same artists doing the same interviews over and over again. So I'll say this, this is why we don't do a ton of interviews anymore. This is also why I prefer just to do topics and themes centered around music that I love. I'm not in competition with anybody. Right. I'm not I'm not making money from this. This is an art of love. Uh, music is for both Sonny and I. It's our escape. So we talk about the music that we love and we hope to turn people on to some of the new music that's coming across our desk each and every day. Well, you guys do a tremendous job, Stephen. It's a true honor and I completely agree with you. I think that I never have viewed anyone as competition. The more out there, the better. The more chance that I get to listen to, to different interviews or different takes on different things, I love to do it. There's a podcast out there uh, that does that has literally done an episode for every Kiss song. It's, it's awesome. I, I love stuff like that. That's a different, that's really cool. And there's so many things out there that you can, that you can wade through and you can find things like the Grown Up Rock podcast and you guys are tremendous. Steven, we got to stay in touch, man. Anything we can ever do to, to, to lend a hand to help out? You've done already uh, something very important and helpful to me. So thank you for that. And coming on the show this week, also very helpful. Thank you, my friend. And we should definitely keep in touch. Well, absolutely. You got my number and now it's your turn to come over to the Grown Up Rock podcast and participate in one of our fun themes, as I like to call it. See, that sounds great. I'm up for any fun theme. Anytime you want to do it, Stephen, let's do it, my friend. I appreciate you. Excellent to catch up with my friend, Stephen Michael. What a great chat that was. I love being able to to meet other people that, that have the passion for this, that do what I do, and to kind of compare notes. And it was great to do that with Stephen. Hope you guys will check out the Growing Up Rock podcast, uh, growinguprockpodcast.com, and you can get all the info on how to listen uh, each week. Uh, always a good topic, and they don't always have guests. Sometimes it's just uh, them kind of, uh, you know, shooting from the hip. They create fun topics and they do things a little differently. And I appreciate that about them. Now, coming up, without further ado, our second guest this week, it is guitar prodigy Griffin Tucker. Griffin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, doing great. Uh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks so much for being a part of the Music Media Podcast here, man. I'll tell you, you're in good company. Absolutely. Not because, certainly of me, but... Uh, the some of the guests that have preceded you. This is great. This is so just a pleasure to have you on, man. What's been up? How's everything going? Loaded question, but how's it been going, man? It's been going good. Um, I've just been, you know, uh, working on my band, The Rock Revolution. We just released, you know, um, our first single as a band, Gypsy Woman, and uh, just kind of, you know, just celebrating that release and, you know, playing, playing here and there on the weekends. And yeah. 
I'm doing that. And I'm also playing with some other bands like Freeze Marine, Heavy Hearts, Battle of Evermore, Supernova Remnant, all those bands. So, yeah. Well, that's you're you're in Texas, right? Yes, I am. So that's that's great right there. That gives you a, a, a leg up, if you ask me, because, you know, a lot more uh, lax, maybe some shows uh, going on down there where they're not other places. What's uh, what's the live experience been like? I know you got a show coming up here at the end of April. Uh, in Fort Worth, but uh, what's kind of the vibe been like when, you, when you've been playing live when a lot of bands just aren't able to do that right now? Right. Um, I mean, live, I mean, especially now, now that uh, Greg Abbott just lifted uh, most, a lot of the restrictions um, as far as COVID goes, it's been some, it's been even better than it's, than it already has been. Um, we, I, I just, just played a show um, with both the Rock Revolution and the Battle of Evermore at this place called Lola's. And it was the first gig since last May since I started gigging after all the stuff hit. It was the first gig back where people were able to like come to the front of the stage and kind of hang out and be like really close and stand up even. Um, so it was, it was really, really nice, but it's, it's been pretty good considering, you know, other places uh, since all this hit. but yeah, it just, it just keeps getting better and better. Well, it does. And to me, your music and everything about what you do keeps getting better and better. You, you briefly mentioned the single Gypsy Woman, uh, just a tremendous rock single, man. I think it's great. And, uh, you know, t- just talk about that song, why maybe that was the first kind of song you you put out here as, as a new single. Why, why was that when the one that uh, you decided to go with? Gypsy Woman, I mean, well, Gypsy Woman, the way that started the way that was, I guess, started, conceived, I guess, um, it was when I was forming another band called Vinyl Device. Vinyl Device was just starting to get off the ground right before, um, uh, of course, COVID hit. And we played like maybe one show in February. And then, of course, this hit in March and it all just kind of just kind of mm-hmm. tanked after that. Um, but we had written this song. And I, I, so I really wanted to do something with it, even if it wasn't going to be with Vinyl Device. So I decided just to bring it over to, to my band. And uh, yeah, it was really the first, the first major like rock, rock and song after Lead Me that I had written. And so I really just wanted to kind of go in order because I'm constantly making ideas and trying to, you know, constantly trying to create. Um, but, I, but that was, that's, that's been the one that I've been saving for the longest time because it, it certainly takes me a while to release songs that I write. For example, like on my debut CD, some kind of love song, I had written that in 2013, 14, something like that. Wow. And I released, I released the CD in 2017. So it took like three years to really get that one to where I really wanted it. Um, but yeah, Gypsy Woman, I mean, it's just, it's a very simple, you know, rock song. It's very easy to, it's got a swing to it. Um, but yeah, it was just a really good song, really simple song. I figured that would be a good way to just kind of introduce the band, you know? Well, kind of talk about your evolution because when, I mean, you're kind of a prodigy, you're, you're, you're starting playing guitar when you're, you know, under, before you're 10 years old and you're, you're kind of blow it up. You do a lot of stuff. We'll get into the American Idol in a minute, but you, you, you really kind of, explode on uh, and your talent starts to become evident from a very young age then you release your debut album believe it and now you have uh you know this this new band you know griffin tucker and the real rock revolution just kind of talk about what kind of the last you know decade or so has been like for you and kind of how your music has evolved over that time man the last decade so what was I doing 10 years ago? Cause it's, it's, it's weird to oh. think about because, <laughs> because, you know, people like ask you like, what do you think you'll be doing in 10 years? And I'm sure that in 2011, <laughs> I wouldn't have, I would have never ever thought that I would have done most of the stuff I've been fortunate enough to do. Right. Um, but I, I started, I started actually, you know, in like in tribute bands, I, I started in a Beatles tribute band. Of course, Beatles are my favorite band. So it was just, it was just having to be able to play in that band. Um, and then soon after that, I got to I got to tour with Zendaya. Zendaya, um, she released her album Replay, I think it was called, um, or at least her song Replay was on that album. And she needed a backing band, and I ended up being like the handyman of the band. Like if they needed extra keyboards, if they needed extra guitar, um, I got one bass stool, so that was like my one like little shining moment. Um, but that was really fun. That was really my first taste of touring 
was with uh, Zendaya's backing band. That was just a blast. And after that, it was it was just enough branching out that I really, I really consciously thought about. Well, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be. I want to be my own musician. I don't want to just be playing, you know, my influences, music, other people's music. I kind of want to. I want to be my own artist and create and also play the stuff that I create. Um, so of course, after that, then I started releasing, you know, early songs like Girlfriend and Need You Badly and Gotta Get the Girl and all those songs. Um, then I, I kept going on and it was it was very pop at, in the beginning because pop was just generally, especially with the way my voice was at what, 11 years old, 12 years old, my voice was just kind of more fitted for pop. Um, so that's just what I did. And it worked for a while. But once I started getting older and my voice started changing, I really wanted to start getting into rock because that's that's what I've always loved. Um, but now that, of course, now that my voice is a little bit deeper, um, my, my voice is, a little, is more fit for rock and roll. Yeah. And it's got a little more rasp and a little more grit to it. Um, and so I believe I, I, I released Believe It, which is my debut CD. It's 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 my first it's my first real statement as an artist. It's really it's really encompassing of my sound and really where I want to take the rest of my career, or at least so far. You never know what could change in the next 10 years. Um, but yeah, that was my first. Then, of course, I've released Bleed Me and Beautiful Disaster and Heartful of Love. And now Gypsy Woman. Gypsy Woman is my newest single. It's with uh, it's with the Real Rock Revolution. Great guys. I love them so dearly. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a weird journey, but it's you know it's all gotten to me to where I am now. Well, you're clearly you know post high school, out of high school. How's your parents been with all this? And did you go the college route or, or did you just kind of have to dive headfirst into this and say, man, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. And this is the dream I'm following. How's that been for you? I've been really blessed both with good parents. First of all, my mom and my dad, my mom comes to every single show. <laughs> she hasn't missed a show. And my dad, of course, he lo- he works long, hard hours, but whenever he can be at a show, he's always there. Um, but I've also been blessed that I had this dream as early as I did when I was eight years old to really play live music and create music. Um, so now that I'm at this point and I just graduated high school about a year ago now, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've been able, I've been so lucky to be able to reach enough people that there are enough people looking at me and interested in me and what I'm doing that I can just, I can just play music and also make money while doing it. So you're really doing what you love and getting paid while doing it. It's really, it's really been a blessing to have that situation. So I, my, my parents really since high school ended, they've just had the mentality of, Hey, if you're playing enough gigs to support yourself and to, and to make money, you don't really need to go to college. So I haven't, I haven't gone to college. If I do go to college, I might study audio engineering um, which is something that I've always wanted to delve into, just to be able to mix and, well, not only mix my own songs, but also speak the language of yeah. engineers and, and producers and people who work like in the studio, just so I can communicate better with them. So yeah, that's where that's where the call situation I, is at right I now. I love that, and um, you know, I think for some, it, it, was there a point in your life, wh- whether it be as a kid or or you know, years later that you realize like, you know, I know I have this talent and I can tell you this, that, you know, maybe <laughs> nine to five job at the plastics factories is probably not going to be for me. Did you have a conscious thought of that or is just so wrapped up in the music that you never really had a chance to think about anything but the music? Music. I mean, I, I've, it's, it's seriously, I've, I've just never really thought of anything else as like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. This something else fulfills me music, music. It's so fulfilling, not only to create a song that kind of expresses yourself, but it's also so fulfilling to be able to give that to other people. And hopefully those people will identify also with that song and your own experiences. It's just very fulfilling to be able to connect with people by by creating music that they will that they will understand and they will relate to, um, I've just and I've I've never really thought of anything else like a like a plan B or anything, 
besides you know doing behind the scenes music stuff like audio engineering um but yeah music has always been what i want to do well i'm so happy for everything you're accomplishing i think it's just tremendous uh take us back to american idol because uh you're what 15 when you're in there yes yeah i think it was 15 wow and you've got lionel richie you've got katie perry singing your praises uh some great youtube a great youtube video that that i'd i'd play on a loop if i were you the rest of my life just have that playing somewhere because <laughs> it's so great i'm such a fan of both for different reasons i actually just saw lionel richie a couple years ago live i'm just such a huge fan of his and uh what was that like i mean that to experience that to to be a part of not only the show but then to have a moment where it, it had to give you you know i don't know the courage, the, the wherewithal, the knowledge to know that, you, that man, I'm onto something here. What, what was that whole thing like for you? American Idol. Well, not only was it amazing just as far as the show went, like getting, like getting to be on the show and getting to meet the judges. It was, it was incredibly humbling and not intimidating, but very, very, I was under a lot of pressure because I, I was surrounded by so many people who had the same dream that I do and who are as talented, if not more talented than I am. It was really, it was really humbling to be able to be surrounded by a bunch of people who were so, who were so creative and were so driven and really, really were just hungry for the dream. Um, it was really amazing just to get to meet them. And of course that was, it was basically like a 15 hour day at at this like conference room where you wait before you actually went to your audition it was very humbling to just hang with those people for that 15 hours and just get to hear all these different stories and hear all these different all these different genres that these people play and of course people had their acoustic guitars so we'd just be like jamming in little like circles like spread around the conference room it was very cool to get to meet all these people but of course Beyond that, getting to meet Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, and Luke Bryan, it was oh, it yeah. was surreal. Honestly, it was it was it was amazing. Uh, Katy Perry, it didn't make it to uh, TV because it was only like it was really like a thirty minute audition, something like that, but only like a minute made it to mm-hmm. TV. Um, Katy Perry uh, likened me to a young Paul McCartney, which I was just like. I mean, you win. That's that's honestly <laughs> all I could ask for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, she called me young Paul McCartney and then Lionel's comment made it to TV. He said, uh, if this is what you can do at 15, I'm afraid of you. And I was I like, love that. coming, coming from Lionel Richie, that's, that's, that's a tall, tall compliment. And yeah. And of course, Luke, Luke Bryan was just undeniably just like Luke Bryan. He was like, okay, you need to pick a horse. I understand that you want to, you want to do this classic rock and you have, you have all these old tastes, but you have to pick a horse. Do you want to be, do you want to be a classic rock or do you want to be in the now? You got to really figure out. So it was just really funny just to get to meet them and really kind of explore their personalities. Um, But yeah, it was just a blast getting to be on that show. It's, it's awesome. And I, you know, great things have, have certainly come from it. Great things to come. In a perfect world, what does 2021 look like for you guys? How many how many singles are you wanting to put out? Are we kind of leading towards a, a, a maybe a full uh, EP here? And obviously the live dates. What what's what's it look like in a perfect world for you? Well, in the in the very nearest future, um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to have a new single out uh, in the month of May. Cool. Um, so I, I hope that that will be out. Uh, soon beyond that i mean we're constantly writing constantly uh trying to get in the studio and record all this all this music we have um and we're, we're constantly you know we're, we're always wanting to get it out to y'all but we want to make sure that it's really done right so that because you know there's there's no take backs or whatever so we really want to make sure that it's perfect the way it is and that we're completely satisfied with it so i do i do think we'll have a single out uh this coming month um but other than that, we're going to be playing shows and we're just going to be, you know, connecting with y'all live, I suppose. I love that thought. It's been a year and almost two months now since my last 
live show. It was Aerosmith in Vegas, and uh, that's where I left off. Where, what do you remember? What your last show that you went to as a fan? Do you do you do you even remember? I think the last show I've only I've I think I've only only been to four major major concerts. My first was Paul McCartney in two thousand nine. I, I, awesome. What was Cowboy Stadium? Now it is AT and T Stadium. AT and T, yes. I think, um, and the other three are all were all Kiss. Uh, and my last major concert was uh, at American Airlines Center. It was their end of the road tour, and they came they came around in February of either twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. I think it was twenty twenty. But yeah, yep. I got to go there and that, they just put on a spectacular well, show. Funny story about that. And I saw that tour um, three times, but I was actually, so I want to say that would that was right around February or March because it was, uh, I was actually heading to see Kiss in Tulsa in early March last year. Oh. I was on my way to the, and this was COVID start. I mean, people are starting to cancel stuff and I'm on my way to the show, Kiss and David Lee Roth and the, you know, it got canceled like while well, I was on my way in the car and everything starts getting canceled and the uh, college basketball tournaments are getting like all it's all happened. It was like a Stephen King world is ending moment for me that I'll <laughs> never forget. So Kiss should be my last show, but didn't make it that far. Luckily, you did because the end of the road yeah. tour, say what you want. The performances are insane on on that. And I thought that they that they were still doing a wonderful job and I hate that it got cut short. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, their, their stage show, especially, it's just, it's bigger than it's ever been. I know they like to say that like, every <laughs> tour, but seriously, it's, it's really, it was really the best I've ever seen them and the best I've ever like seen videos of them. It was really just an experience just to, just to be in the same room with them again. Amazing. It was really spectacular. Well, so I'm 37. And so I feel like you know, there's so many bands that I didn't get to see in, in their prime or, or what have you. You're 19. What, what's it like for you to have so many, you know, heroes of, you know, that are either have, have, there are so many that have passed away in the last six years. We've lost so many great artists just that have passed away or that have retired or, you know, I think in like a year period, I saw like four bands, final shows ever. I saw the last show with ACDC with Brian Johnson, Twisted Sisters mm. show. This is all within like in Motley Crue's last show in LA. This all happened within like a year. So what's it like for you as a young fan trying to digest this material? Is it just like, hey, trying to see whatever you can, whatever bands are still out there? And what's it like to know that you'll never be able to see some? That's that's tough, man. Yeah, my my big three, my big three bands of all time, as far as influences are the Beatles, Led Zeppelin and Queen. Mm hmm. The Beatles were over in 1970. Right. <laughs> Zeppelin was over in 1980. And yeah. Queen, you know, with Freddie was over in 1991. Yeah. So it's it's really, it's really YouTube is my friend, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Because you just get to see whatever videos there are left of like, you know, like, you know, 60 millimeter films or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm constantly just listening to their studio stuff and constantly trying to find like live bootlegs of, zeppelin and queen and you know sometimes like acdc um but yeah it's it's sometimes when i really think about it it's tough to really realize that i'm not gonna be able to see the bands that i grew up with and the bands that really have inspired me to be who i am and to create the music that i that i create um yeah i mean it's yeah. it's really tough I, I was just blessed enough to see paul mccartney in 2009 which it's was awesome it was such an experience just to just to be in the same room with this guy who at that point had been in the business for 50 years, five years. Yeah. Exactly. Five years. Something yeah. like that. Wow. That's awesome. It's maybe yours are a little easier to digest just because they, you know, haven't been any, none, none of those three bands have been around as a touring entity. And so long, even before, you know, I was old enough to go to shows, of course. So that makes it a little, a little easier, but man, it's, it's uh, it's tough and that's just part of it, you know, losing your heroes and knowing that nothing lasts forever. Rock and roll, man. It's uh, it, it's a grind. And I think that you've got so many great years ahead of you, Griffin. And it's just been so cool just to get to know you, man. I think that was my favorite part of this and talking to you about the new music, everything that's coming up. Uh, great things ahead, man. And we can't thank you enough. It's going to be great. 2021. It's going to be uh, going to be your year, I think, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, th this was this was so fun just to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, awesome, Griffin. Best of luck, man. 
Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you one of these days, man. We'll uh, if we gotta get down to Texas, if I gotta get down to Texas to do a to go to a concert, I'm doing it. I'm coming down, man. I, I got, seriously, I got summers off, and I'm ready to rock. So uh, count me in. I'll see you down there at some point, my friend. Well, already can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Huge thanks to both of our guests and Stephen Michael and Griffin Tucker. Guys, we want to put a little ribbon uh, here on the Music Mania podcast. And uh, thank you so much for being a part of this, for following this brand. And I hope that you will continue to follow my next project because uh, nothing's going to change. The RSS feed, if you are subscribed here to the Music Mania podcast, is going to switch right over conveniently. There is no, uh, you know, there's not going to be any uh, workarounds or any annoying, you know, trying to find us. Everything's going to stay the same. Our socials are going to stay the same. Uh, the name, of course, will change, uh, but the locations will still be there. It has been just a joy and it's going to continue to be because, guys, we are off and running here in the spring and summer months. And I have a little pep in my step. Uh, there's been a lot of episodes where I haven't felt like giving a lot of commentary that I just sort of let the interview speak for itself. This week, feel a little different. Not only is it the last Music Mania podcast ever, but the idea that summer concerts, guys, they're hitting like a wave. We wondered when it would happen. Who would be the first to start the ball rolling? Well, it has been like a tidal wave and the shows are coming in. We've got the Weezer and Green Day and Fallout Boy doing a stadium tour which was announced just the day after another stadium tour postponed another year. Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, it gets postponed another year. I think it's surprising. I think the only reason it wound up happening is because the logistics uh, were not yet worked out. They did not have merchandise printed. They did not have trucks planned. They did not have staging built, and it was not going to be uh, able to occur. Uh, I think that as far as safety and uh, COVID and everything like that, it was going to be able to happen, but they postponed it another year. We'll see that in the summer of 22, something to look forward to, but guys, things are coming in. I've got REO Speedwagon coming up. I've got sticks coming up. Things every day. There's new shows. We've got Alice Cooper coming up, uh, which is going to be in St. Louis. So excited guys. If there's a show coming your way, Support that band. Hit it up. Remember the magic of live music because over the last year and a half, a lot of us have forgotten that feeling of when you're in a live setting, you're at a concert, and that first guitar riff hits, or the band's intro tape hits, and you have that feeling of just unabashed you know, freedom, and it's a celebration. That's what music is, and I hope that you're all able to take advantage of that this year. We will never take concerts for granted ever again, and uh, that much I can say for sure. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of the Music Mania podcast. And very excited for what's coming next, which will be revealed in uh, the next week or so. Thank you so much. 